When you get feedback, you can celebrate or recalibrate. If it's feedback for how amazing you're doing, then great. Keep doing that. Take a minute and celebrate that you are amazing. Do more of that. Model more of that behavior for others to see. If it's feedback to get better, then you can get back on course. You can recalibrate. Listen, let it soak in and figure out what you need to do to recalibrate and move forward in a different way. This gives you clarity. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. What gets you up in the morning? What drives your decisions? What do you stand for? No idea, not even sure where to start? I use my values to guide my life and career. It's the basis of how I've built boundaries for myself and stuck to them. Are you ready to dig into what matters to you? Go to thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet. That's thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet to get to your core values and take action on what matters most. Welcome to this week's episode of You Belong in the C-Suite. We are talking about gift giving today. Well, really we're talking about giving and receiving feedback. As they say, feedback is a gift. Let's get started. There are so many ways that we get feedback at work. There are formal processes like performance appraisals and mid-year reviews. There are career discussions, assessments, and 360 feedback. Lots of data, lots of data points. There are even more informal ways we get feedback though. Hallway conversations, nonverbal cues, Zoom chats, passive aggressive emails, no email response at all, celebratory threads in Slack or virtual high fives. But what do we listen to and what do we take in? I'd argue that you should take it all in and then figure out what's best for you to do something with and take action on. I am known for giving direct feedback while maintaining the strong relationships that I have with others. Today, I'll talk about the top three reasons giving feedback is a gift and the top three reasons receiving feedback is a gift. Let's start with the top three reasons for giving feedback. And these are in no particular order. First, by giving someone feedback, positive or negative, you are setting them up for success. Generally, unless you're a jerk, you want others to do well at work. You most likely have common goals that you're trying to achieve. You're on a team. Whether you are giving someone feedback that reports to you, giving feedback to your own manager or a peer, most likely you want them to succeed. Their success can mean success not only for them, but for their whole team, including you. Wanting success for someone is celebrating for them, for what they're doing well. 
and giving them honest feedback on when it didn't go quite right. With that mindset shift of setting someone up for success, it is sometimes easier to give feedback for opportunity areas, especially when it's for a peer or for your boss. The second reason why giving feedback is a gift, it sets expectations and mutual understanding. You may think that you are on the same page, but often people aren't. Sometimes giving feedback isn't about telling someone about a behavior you liked or didn't, but a way to figure out a common language and outcomes. I remember being in a meeting one time where I thought I had consensus with a peer to move forward on a project for the specific next step. But when it came to the next step, he didn't do it. He didn't agree or he didn't carry out the agreed action. I asked him about it, giving him that feedback and recalling the meeting where he had come to consensus. He had said yes, that he had agreed with me, but in actuality, we didn't have consensus. He agreed with the philosophy of it, but he didn't agree enough to follow up with those specific action steps. And while that was super frustrating, this was a really great way for both of us to learn more about our communication styles. That conversation gave me more feedback on what questions to ask him to get further than agreement, but to really get to consensus and alignment in the future on actions. It gave us a common language to use in the future and a fun running joke about agreement versus consensus. And three, the other reason why giving feedback is a gift, it creates space for conversation and building trust. I love being a leader of large teams and a person that others can come to for feedback or advice. Often others come to me to tell me feedback that I need to give my team member or feedback that they have for someone else that they want my help conveying. The first question I ever ask them is, have you given the feedback to them directly? Can you guess what the answer usually is? It's usually a no. No, they haven't talked to that person directly. They just came to me because I'm their manager or I'm the team leader. So usually this is the case when it's tough feedback. You know, they don't want to have a tough conversation. Here's the thing though. People can't read your mind and it's not always up to the leader of the team to convey that feedback by having the conversation with the person directly. You can create space to build trust together when not if you have that conversation you'll be able to start building a deeper, more trusting relationship with that person. Remember, you most likely want that person to succeed. Tell them what you need from them. Your candor with them will create an open door for them to give you tough messages that you need to hear later. And you'll be able to receive that gift with a more trusting space and head. So have that conversation, create the space for it. Now, here are the top three reasons why receiving feedback is a gift. First, It keeps you on the course or puts you back on course faster. When you get feedback, you can celebrate or recalibrate. If it's feedback for how amazing you're doing, then great. Keep doing that. Take a minute and celebrate that you are amazing. Do more of that. Model more of that behavior for others to see. If it's feedback to get better, then you can get back on course. You can recalibrate. Listen, let it soak in and figure out what you need to do to recalibrate and move forward in a different way. This gives you clarity. I was once asked by a leader if I wanted negative feedback or not. Um, Of course I do. I want all the feedback. 
One of my values is growth and development. So I love feedback, but yes, of course, I want the feedback to help me get better. I don't want to go down a path that isn't the right one. I want to succeed. If someone knows that I'm going down the wrong path, I want them to tell me. I want to know sooner rather than later so I can succeed for the team in a different way. I don't want to be left guessing and worse off. I don't want to be going down the wrong path when I could be progressing on the right one. Help me help myself, please. I'll take that gift anytime, even if it's a hard message, especially if it's a hard message. The second reason getting feedback as a gift is that you can be led to the next right action. It may be a blind spot that you have, something you can't see for yourself, a path that you would never have taken or not taken at that time because you were so dead focused on the path that you had set for yourself. When I'm feeling overwhelmed or unsure, I sometimes ask others for feedback to ensure I am on the right path, almost like a validation of my next action. Am I thinking the right way? What other things should I consider? Oftentimes the best idea isn't your own idea or the best insight comes from others and can lead you to that next right action. The third reason that receiving feedback is a gift is that it opens up more conversations and deepens relationships. If someone has come to me with feedback and trusted me with how they are seeing something, it can lead to a more honest relationship. One way to break trust easily is to withhold the truth or sugarcoat something. That's why I strongly dislike the feedback sandwich approach. You know that way of giving feedback where you give someone feedback by leading with a positive thing, then say the negative thing, you know, the real thing you wanted to talk to them about, and then close with another positive thing. That's a feedback sandwich, positive, negative, positive. The two positives are the bread and the negative thing is the meat of the sandwich. It could look something like this. Hey, Bob, that presentation that you did had really great energy, but next time maybe you could engage the room more and ask others questions, but it was a really great job with the PowerPoint deck. Really awesome. Now, Bob is leaving with the impression that he had a great PowerPoint presentation and came with some great energy, and he may have missed the part where he hogged the entire conversation and didn't let anyone else get a word in. It was Bob's TED Talk when it was meant to be a collaborative brainstorming session. Instead, you might open it up to see how Bob thought the meeting went, get his opinion, and then give him your impression of the meeting. Then brainstorm together on how he can engage others more in a discussion earlier in the future. Remember, you want him to succeed. Later, he may feel more comfortable asking how he did in his next meeting or even give you feedback on something else in the future. At the beginning of this episode, I mentioned that you get the gift of feedback, even if it isn't always a gift you needed or wanted. It might be hard information to hear. It may be awkward or uncomfortable, or it may be the best piece of information or advice from a trusted peer. Or it could just be a random data point from someone you don't know very well, and it doesn't feel like it's important for you to take in. Not all feedback is created equal. People have different styles and ways to give feedback, and they bring their biases with them in these conversations. And while I listen to all feedback for me and I receive it, I don't always put every piece of feedback into action. That's yours to figure out. And that's where boundaries come in. As a leader, you can work and work on the things that are your opportunity areas, but guess what? Any amount of work you put in, they will most likely never magically turn into strengths. 
as an introvert, I've gotten feedback more than one time in my career to take up more space, to be more extroverted. Guess what? I'm not an extrovert. I do not have the energy to literally become something that I am not. So I reflect on that feedback and all of those data points. Was it real feedback? Yes, of course. But should I prioritize my time on it? Is it something I I should really focus on right now? Am I getting results? Am I driving the strategy forward? Am I building relationships in a meaningful way? Am I developing my team and meeting or beating my goals? You know, instead of taking up space, I reframed that specific feedback as holding space for myself. Do I need to, you know, literally stretch out at a table and take up more physical space? No. As an introvert, I generally don't like to draw attention to myself, but now when I am at that table, I have become very cognizant of not minimizing myself or my physical presence. I'm holding that space for me and I'm holding that space to be my authentic self. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know how I love to challenge you to an action in each episode. For this week, I'd love for you to give the gift of feedback give positive feedback to someone and give feedback for improvement to someone. How will this feedback help you continue to build the relationship with these individuals to create a space of trust? Remember you're setting them up for success. That's our episode for today. Remember your leadership belongs here. You belong in the C-suite. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.